In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is Four Center, a show about Star Wars, pop culture, and the ultimate adventure, life itself. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And this episode 
is named Phil. No, uh, this is our cues of the everything <laughs> episode. This is where we take questions about Star Wars, pop culture, the ultimate adventure, life itself. Uh, this particular episode, we got a couple of really great Star Wars questions I'm excited to dive into. Uh, we also want to let you know that, as always, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player, and probably other things you can put on your head. But we don't know. So we're not going to speak up about that. Uh, this episode, we are recommending Kenobi by John Jackson Miller. Hey, a Kenobi season two wasn't announced, but this book exists. It can't be taken from us. And you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook. Uh, we don't just have Qs. We also have As, uh, including announcements. Uh, Jennifer, do you want to tell the people about Jedi Beak? Yes, I have a show coming out on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's a, The Jedi Beat, which I did release uh, several years ago, only in audio form. Now I'm adding pictures, moving pictures. I re-recorded <laughs> it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Kind of a documentary Star Wars style to it. And it launches on February 19th, next Monday. Yeah, so and thanks to all the uh, patrons who made this possible. That was a yes. it was a goal a while back, and we reached that goal. And now we're going to have five episodes of Jedi Beat. Uh, they'll be dropping every Monday, uh, like Jennifer said, starting on February 19th. We also have 007 Center. Ken, you want to talk about that? Yeah, we, again, kind of thank you to our Patreon supporters. You know, I'm going to use buzzwords. As the creator economy changes, uh, direct-to-consumer support is more important in these changing times. Uh, what that means is we <laughs> launched a wonderful new series we're very excited to get to called 007 Center, and Joseph and I sat down to go into a deep-dive discussion on the first Daniel Craig Bond film, Casino Royale. We're going to look at the Daniel Craig Bond films. Will we go beyond that? Is Dr. No in our future? Well, maybe you can help decide that. This is available on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash center to all of our Patreon uh, supporters, our patrons. Uh, just join up. You'll get it. It's part of uh, the, the membership there. Or if, you, if Patreon on a monthly level isn't for you, uh, that's been the case, or you just want to support, you just want to hear it, uh, you can go, as Joseph said uh, on earlier in this week's episode, I love a la carte, a la carte, you get a taco, <laughs> or you can go to the shop at patreon.com slash center to buy the audio version of the uh, 007 Center Casino Royale uh, for $3 or the video version, like our faces five dollars two dollars more for my face you don't know what beanie i'm wearing you don't know if the value is there uh and episode uh, the episodes are out uh this month uh, hope to do the monthly uh based on uh, the reactions and the, and, the, and the need and the interest and all those good things all those businessy words but we're very happy to be discussing some of our uh you know favorite pieces of art the daniel craig yeah. films yeah, and thank you to the patrons who have already, uh, as we released it, uh, the morning we released it, uh, which is when we're recording now, uh, have already had some nice and thoughtful comments. So thank you so much uh, for going on the 007 adventure with us. What? I do like that we charge two hours more for the video because it's like a dollar a face. And if we ever do one of these episodes where Jennifer joins us, it's going to be six dollars. So it's oh. going to be a dollar <laughs> per face. <laughs> yep, yep. Well. Love that. Well, <laughs> the face characters at Disneyland get paid more than the fuzzy characters because you see their face. Really? Yeah. Face it, isn't it like far more difficult and physically dangerous to be a fuzzy character? Yeah, it's just more more physically draining. Absolutely, and heat wise, yeah. But it's based on height for those characters, whereas mm. it is based on your actual face for the for the princesses and Gaston. Okay. <laughs> Well, we're going to re-record our deep dive Casino Royale episode with animal heads on. 
and it's going to be <laughs> so cheap. <laughs> anyway, it is time for our cues and cues of everything. Our, our first question comes to us from Lightspeed Bear, a fuzzy mm. character. Ah, fuzzy, a fuzzy uh, character. I love it. Uh, Lightspeed Bear says, hey, Forest Center, I was hoping you could help me through a recent frustration of mine. The Death Star Trench Run and Battle of Endor were seminal moments for me growing up. They're what got me into Star Wars in the first place. I've always thought that pilot stories and starfighter action were one of the core pillars of the franchise. But lately, since the Disney Plus shows, it feels like that sort of storytelling has been lacking, with Lucasfilm choosing instead to focus mostly on Jedi, Ahsoka, Kenobi, uh, Acolyte, Tales of the Jedi, and Bounty Hunters, The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett. Rogue Squadron and Rangers of the New Republic would have likely filled this gap nicely, but they both got shelved. Do you yourselves feel this vacuum of pilot stories? And if so, do you miss them? I'm a regular watcher of Star Wars Explained, and it often feels like a large proportion of community questions or super chats they receive are Jedi or clone related. I understand the prequels are all the rage at the moment, with a big chunk of present-day fans being prequel kids, but do you feel this uh, sidestepping of Starfighter pilots is harming the fandom in the long run? Carson Teva, Antok Merrick, Tally Linter, and Snap Wegsley are great, but in my opinion, seem to generally be consigned to an afterthought uh, amongst fans, and by extension, the franchise itself. I'd love to hear what you think. Does Star Wars need more balance when it comes to what was once a major part of the franchise? Thanks for all you do. Thank you for the great question, Lightspeed Bear. And this is one uh, that does come up uh, decently often, and we haven't had a chance to have like kind of a bigger conversation about it, so I'm thrilled. Um, I have no idea uh, what Lightspeed Bear's age is, um, but I think the question is posed from from whatever age Lightspeed Bear was when they first encountered the original trilogy. I think it's uh, poised from this interesting uh, original trilogy perspective. So I, I want to start with that. Ken, uh, do you feel and did you feel growing up with the original trilogy that because of the Death Star Trench Run, Battle of Endor, Battle of Hoth, that uh, that f- fighter pilots and big battles were one of the pillars of the franchise growing up i yeah yeah in general yes and i love this question it actually kind of jogged my own soul a little bit to be like yeah 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 you know you remember the early days of force center joseph i would keep screaming the war over the lore for me meaning uh, jedi are great <laughs> but i like i like the big battles i like to be on the playground and acting out uh, like i was taking mm-hmm. down a walker it's kind of what brought me into the franchise so I, I actually this this is a fascinating question and thought but going back to that time too I don't know what the difference was now because you got a lot, a, a lot of great characters here that we celebrate. Carson, mm-hmm. Antoc, Merrick, Tally, Lynch. I'm a big fan of Snap Wexley. So they're there. Um, but maybe it's, you know, the Rogue Squadron, the X-Wing games, uh, mm-hmm. even the TIE Fighter game. Maybe you spent more time from uh, inside the cockpit, quite frankly, from a, almost a military perspective on the franchise. It was a, a galactic civil war at, at the time that we were diving into. So... That's why as the franchise has moved on and we've spent more time with other characters, I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree that it's slighted or it's harmful, but I definitely paused and went, yeah, you're right. There isn't the Antalk Merrick series. <laughs> there isn't that. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer, growing up with the original trilogy, did you feel <clears throat> like uh, the fighter pilots in the space battles were one of the core identifying things of Star Wars? 
Yeah, I do. And I also remembered the the X the X-Wings book series was mm-hmm. really really mm-hmm. popular and really big and I couldn't get into it. I tried. I tried to read it and I don't know why I just I didn't really uh I, I liked, you know, in video games, but for some reason the books didn't really grab me. Um but I actually feel like the sequel trilogy did pick up the mantle with mm-hmm. Poe Dameron and, you know, mentioning. So I don't feel like that. I think one of the challenges though, and maybe one of the reasons why they haven't focused on it as much is because it's sh- because of budget go, going back to budget, mm-hmm. you know, with space battles, star fighters, you need a bigger budget, a cinematic budget. And since everything's on Disney plus, maybe you can't really do the types of things that you would need to do to make it look good. I think that Patty Jenkins uh, movie would have been amazing. Obviously, we know what we don't know what's really happening, if, mm-hmm. if it's ever happening, right? Mm-hmm. It pretty seems, seems pretty, 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 dead, pretty right? on the nottish side right now. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, exactly. But, you know, you never mm-hmm. know. Anything's yeah. possible. The point is, yeah, I think that there's some practical challenges, which is why we haven't seen as much of it. But I yeah. think that the fandom is still there. I think that people do love those stories because it is synonymous with Star Wars. Yeah. 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 I think growing up for me, I think uh, um, for at least being alive in the 70s and 80s, the fighter pilot stuff was part of the huge revolution of turns out space fantasy and pulp storytelling can look really good. Because mm-hmm. that was a part of the stigma, not just uh, on the genre of not just these are fantasy stories for, for kids kind of attitude towards pulp storytelling, but that, you know, outside of some amazing monster, <laughs> you know, uh, effects, it, that would, that kind of, it, it was a, you know, a flying saucer on a string it, and that would, the, the space battles were part of the revolution of star Wars. And I think that maybe put a real emphasis on it mm. as well as the storytelling. The other thing that I think is maybe in the original trilogy and then supported by books in the video games that we haven't seen as much of, is uh, uh, the distinction between a space battle and focusing on pilot characters Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, and not just individuals. Even if you never read the books, even if you never played the Rogue Squadron video games or all the various X-Wing TIE Fighter video games, if you just watch those three films, it's the same group of of dudes (laughs) uh, (laughs) having, and and it is dudes, uh, unfortunately, uh, having... The, it's it's you know rogue squadron and red squadron they they have mm-hmm. the different names but it's it's the same pilots it's the same group and they have a big big battle each film if you right. include yep. battle of hoth and i feel like even yeah. in the prequels you you got cools you you've got the you know naboo fighters and mm-hmm. you've got a big space battle in kenobi versus jango fett in attack of the clones you have the kick-ass opening of Revenge of the Sith, but there isn't, I think, that same sense, which maybe Lightspeed Bear is talking about, of a pilot story Mm -hmm. where we're invested with these group of people where that's their main thing. Like, Poe is a a pilot and we make a big deal out of it, but he's also lots of other things. We don't just know him as Mm -hmm. the pilot telling the pilot's perspective. Go for it, Jennifer. I think one of the challenges is that we have to think about who the creator was, George Lucas, who grew up during a time of, of wars, right? Mm-hmm. And so having that personal connection 
of your family member going off to war, being a pilot, right? I think that there's mm-hmm. something that nowadays is it doesn't, I don't know, maybe some of these creators, it's just different stories that they're telling. I feel like there's a historical aspect to why the original trilogy is the way that it is and mm-hmm. why the prequel trilogy is focusing on a different political aspect. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that that could be part of it. I think it's interesting to bring up the the, the prequels. That, that's because uh, I think I felt what Lightspeed Bear is talking about uh, during the prequel run of of ninety nine to to five, where you had Bravo Squadron, the Naboo fighters, but we didn't spend a lot of time with them. I don't remember a ton of the action figures. I know they existed, but uh, and and one Starfighter was cool, but you weren't on the playground going, "Hey, y'all want to reenact?" And you know, of course, at that point, I was like in my twenties, so maybe I shouldn't have been on playgrounds. <laughs> but, hey, hey, kids, want to reenact the the Battle of Naboo with me? Um, they don't let you do it in bars either, which is where I was <laughs> hanging out then. And this right. isn't a hey, lights be bare. You just having nostalgia glasses. No, no, it's not that. It's just mm-hmm. it, the the prequel. The atmosphere changed. It was a different. Like you just said, Jenna. I think it's a great point. It was a, it was a different aspect of it. Where yeah, uh, so much of uh, the original trilogy was commenting on post Vietnam and Vietnam, but also was directly drawn influences from uh, World War Two and the dogfights and maybe even some of the some of the aces in a way. So it just had that and and. I was someone who did not spend a lot of time with those video games other than the TIE Fighter game, didn't read the original Rogue Squadron novels, but it just felt I spent so much time discussing Porkins, Biggs, Gold Leader, Red mm-hmm. Leader, Wedge. Um, and, and I think that does feel different than now. Where I, I think it is in seven, eight, nine, I I I think it and I think Rogue One, I think I think it's present. I mean, I was one of the people who cheered for Red and Gold Leader showing up in mm-hmm. Rogue One and his press screening where only me and Jeremy Johns cheered. No one else did. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think it's there, but maybe the feeling, and, and, and this is why I do really love this question from Lightspeed Bear, as it expands out or as we focus on other things, you know, Star Wars Rebels does have, you know, John Dutch Vander, but he, he's part of the episode as opposed to, we're focusing on him and, and the bigger mm-hmm. stuff and the lore of the mm-hmm. Jedi the, and, and, the, and the underworld. The underworld's just a fun place to, to for people mm-hmm. to crawl around in. So it does feel as though they are in the corner. They're there. We have Tally Lintra. Boom, she's unfortunately gone. We we got we got Snap Wexler. He's gone, you know, like, and we don't spend as much time with them as maybe compared to what we're seeing right now. Where in, in the old days, I just don't, you know, EU aside, you, you, you didn't spend that time. They were just there in your imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think they're, I mean, I... I I think, Jennifer, I think you're right about the budget from the perspective of like doing a trench run or a right. Endor or the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, the Battle of Coruscant. Right. But we have actually had a lot of kind of hero characters having space battles. Like sure. Mandalorians had a lot of space battles. Ahsoka mm-hmm. had that, that one episode um, was pretty a, a ton of, of space mm-hmm. battle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The one where Ahsoka gets out and, and, you know, cuts down some of the fighters, uh, you know, all that. Um, so a lot of uh, ship shenanigans, but it's it, to relate it to the original trilogy. That's more like you have a character like Han who is a pilot and he's a hero character and he's having cool adventures in the Falcon. Mm-hmm. But what Lightspeed Bear is talking about is something slightly different, which is a story mm-hmm. of concentrated story of the pilots in a squadron leading that life in that community. And I think... We see, yeah, it, it is tantalizing because, like, yeah. we literally see where they hang out when you know the the Zeb episode, and we get to see a bunch of pilots sitting around having drinks, and it's almost tantalizing to be like, "Ooh, was that going to be Ranger of the New Republic, where we go yeah. into mm. their lives and their relationships and the stakes and all that?" 
And, yeah. and, and for a pitch back to you, Jenny, like, we were also acknowledging Alphabet Squadron, the series that we did. It was it was at times very serious and, and in the weeds, but I really loved it. Um, mm-hmm. we, you, you and I, Joseph, never read uh, uh, the first one uh, from that author whose name I just completely drew a blank on. Alexander Freed. Alexander Freed. Thank you. Of, of the the troops on the ground and Hoth. There's mm-hmm. that there. So those those stories do exist. Um, and the squadrons video game, which kind of came and went and, and I played it once, but it had that vibe. Um, you know, I, th- that stuff's there, but I, I think, you know, if you'd launched a, a six part Disney plus series of, you know, going to uh, the red squadron and it's the battle of Endor from their perspective, I, I don't, Oof. I wouldn't expect them to do that, but I, I definitely, that's, that's, I think the light spared, light speed bears question jogged that part of my soul. who's like, oh yeah, I did really love that stuff. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> Why am I not mm-hmm. asking for yeah. that? Anymore? Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. I like. A t- I was resistant to seeing Top Gun Maverick. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> I'm like, can Star Wars do something like that? Uh, well, again, that could have been Patty Jenkins' thing. Uh, that yeah, was certainly. Really, yeah. really on board for. I'm so sad about that. Um, but yeah, you're right. I don't know. It was a connection to the specific pilots that you're thinking that you were mentioning, Joseph. Like. It's just like, yeah, our guys are hopefully women and other people, you know, everyone, it's all sorts of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Join in on this yeah. fight, yeah. right? Yep. It's like I, we're all in this together. There I, was some thrilling, mm-hmm. like kid like, where you're like, yeah, like we're all going to do this. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. there's, there's something to be said for again, even to what you were saying, Jen, it's like the original trilogy was, was a war. Mm-hmm. We were mm-hmm. in a war, and the sequel trilogy mm-hmm. era, like I, I, I think the 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 escape, the retreat from Dakar to start Last Jedi is is Ryan Johnson absolutely going. We got World War II bombers, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm tapping into that DNA. Uh, but it was just this, you know, we didn't see the resistance versus the First Order like we did in in four, five, and six. We saw it in different parts and different. And I think you got a big, giant, wonderful space battle in Rise of Skywalker, but. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it just feels like you, you don't have the tales of, uh, of snap. And oh, again, I want, I don't, I, I guess I'm doing comment protection, the Poe Dameron comic with the black squadron stuff mm-hmm. that yeah. had that vibe that had that feel it was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's maybe a, a big part of it is clearly the, the pilot stories and the big space battles are an essential part of star Wars and they are represented in the modern era, but mostly in books comics yeah video yeah. games and i think i can understand the hunger for anybody who like lightspeed bear of like uh some people are jedi people some people are bounty hunter people some people you know uh have all these different uh ways in and if your way in is the pilots in the big space battles you feel underserved uh with live action yeah um and then teased in particular by patty the patty jenkins movie that yeah. is not currently happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh yeah. yeah, go ahead, Jen. No, I also wonder if there's a, an element where they might be hesitant about tackling those stories for like, <laughs> I want to say propaganda, hmm. but it does kind of open up a can of worms that I don't know in this political climate, it, how how it would work out, you know. If, yeah, you, you saw it like in terms ter- terms of, sorry, I cut, I cut you off, it, but like in yeah, terms no, of like geez. the Rogue Squadron, is it's a story of of warriors essentially and how you handle that and how you approach that uh, right. is, is, is something of concern. And, and I do think star Wars, and I, I think this kind of even starts with the prequels is um, 
it moves beyond just war and it's talking about the conditions that brought us to war, the conditions uh, that come right. after war. And so there's that bigger story and the Jedi or who they are and who they are and how to be a Jedi in this time is important. Who's the underworld characters and what are, who are they really like? And it all funnels into this bigger picture that the, the, the war is sometimes the byproduct of them. We're not spending just those time. That's, I keep going back to like four, five and six was their war pictures. Right. Yes, exactly. They're, they're war pictures. Exactly. And that's sometimes yeah. the vibe as well. And, and, and to your point, Jen, it's like I have, I have no inside knowledge, but it's like if, if Patty Jenkins sits down and her father was a fighter pilot and everything. So this isn't an anti-military thing for me. It's that all. It's just like, but how you address what are you focusing on in those stories of these 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 uh, warriors of immense skill flying these ships and everything could could be difficult to navigate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, thank you. Yes, you articulated. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think that there can be. I haven't seen. I saw the original Top Gun once several years ago. Did not see it growing up. It, you know. So no offense to people who love it. Uh, if Mark Ellis is listening, <laughs> <laughs> he watched I'm it again this weekend. Not saying oh anything bad about Top Gun or Coors Light or the Coors Light is a train <laughs> ad that was on in the Super Bowl. Um, but but I, I, I'm aware of cultural discussion about like, yeah. is this a recruitment ad mm-hmm. for right. an existing military and then for therefore for, you know, real issues in the real world right now? I feel like if Star Wars can pull off Andor right now, I feel like you can find a way to tell. I mean, Andor is deeply political. Um, yes. And and hot button. Um I feel like you can find a way to tell it, particularly if you are really aware of this is not being framed as a yeah. recruitment ad. Yeah. But this is a story about the people who have found themselves in this circumstance. And some of them are true believers. And some of them just my my siblings did join the fighter pilot. My family's a fighter pilot. So now I'm a fighter pilot and I'm ambivalent. If you uh, told it not from both sides is right because the Empire is the villain. Uh, but if you were if you spent some time with the pilots, uh, you know, who were, you know, tricked into joining and begin to question. I think those are the stories like in, in Alphabet Squadron books that are really interesting when you get to know the pilots and they can have varied perspective on what they're doing and why. And, you know, is this worth, worth risking my life every time? And, you know, I think a thing that seems to come up a lot in those kind of stories is I'm questioning the mission, but I don't question my desire to be there for my wingmates. Cause this is a story of sort of like family. Mm-hmm. And even when I have doubt in, in the mission myself, I need to be there for my loved ones. I think those are all the kind of things that make a story about pilots mm-hmm. and squadron mates mm-hmm. really interesting. And I would love to see that on live action and, and raise the stakes for the yeah. cool space battle. Cause if you know, if you're following this one kid who's real conflicted and she dies and you feel that you feel that so much more than like, you know, when Arvel Krynid goes goes for it in Return of the Jedi. You know, you're like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, thanks, mm-hmm. guy whose name I will <laughs> learn thirty yeah. years from now. You know, uh, uh, yeah. But if you've been following that person and they're like, oh, and then they they die. My God, mm. yeah. saying a lot a lot of things I love here. Just this, uh, uh, you know, again, yeah, how to handle it and and and. Um, the Alphabet Squadron, they're great books. I recommend them to anyone. Mm-hmm. I, I, I say they're just, they're not hard reads. They're just, they're just thick reads. There's a lot, lot going yeah. on. And, yeah. and they don't, and they don't uh, always zip and they're not always uh, light, you know, <laughs> they're, they're heavy. Um, but everything you talk about is in those books and why I do really love them and love the characters. 
Uh, but uh, you mentioned Andor season two. I don't expect Andor season two. You know, we know it goes up to the start, the, the start of the Galactic Civil War. So it is not a, mm-hmm. a war series, but definitely has a chance to have a little bit more structure going on in the rebellion and and mm. what it pulls from. And and I wondering, you know, if we're going to see Melshi go from uh, an escaped convict to a sergeant. Uh, that's an interesting thing to 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 deal with uh, the bigger picture and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. Jen, you brought up, but just at your point of like. How and analyzing the path there that could be. I'm, I'm curious to see that it, it, we, we, you know, and this is a pre Andor two world we're recording in right now. How mm-hmm. far the series goes towards the actual war that's coming. The yeah. power of Andor season one was that it was the power of the people. It was the power of the community, the underdogs coming together to to form have an uprising. It, it, and so that's the way I think it could succeed in season two, mm-hmm. if. It becomes complicated for me if it's like it's like a government and, and they're organizing. It just feels a little bit more like, oh, I don't know what we're trying to say. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I think that if I think Andrew season two is is primed to be able to tackle the subject well. And I think so, too. Quite frankly, a good spot for Antoc Merrick to show up. Oh, yeah. 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 And do some cool piloting. Mm-hmm. In a maybe, big, big space battle. Maybe he says, you know what? I'm going to grow a mustache. He looks at a young Biggs. I like your I like your mustache. I'm gonna go style. Recast Biggs. Oh no. <laughs> uh, it would be a fun discussion. Yeah, so I, I I really um I really hope that there are more stories of of pilots. You know, we'll see if there is a Mando um season four. I know there's kind of been back and forth, nothing fully confirmed, but how much would that uh rope in Rangers of the New Republic? Would that end up with Mando being on? a mission with all the pilots that we've met who are hanging out in that cool pilot's bar. That would be great. Um, yeah. Be great to see it, you know, in the new Jedi order movie, a new Jedi fleet doing, having a big space battle led by Ray. That'd be cool. Um, I really agree that it is mm-hmm. something that I like that. It, it's there in so many of the movies and television shows, even resistance kind of advertised itself as a pilot show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it had a lot of racing, but then it didn't end up kind of scratching that exact itch that Lightspeed Bear is talking about, I don't think. That's a great mm-hmm. point. I was I remember the day that was announced, and I think it was a, uh, we're still working at Collider then. We had a great discussion on it. And without a doubt, and I'm sure it led to we had discussions here, but I just remember on that panel going, oh, we got a pilot show. Right. And and right. took it as aces in in, in war. And, and it was something different. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I really do love Resistance and uh, Griff and all those good characters. But yeah, it, it, it wasn't a bait and switch. It wasn't. It just was like the initial reaction was, oh, we got we got a squad of pilots and we're going to spend time. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be on uh, on squadron watch here on uh, on Force Center. Any final thoughts uh, about this question? Hmm. I mean, justice for Tally Lintra. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. Let's uh, I like Carson Tava in all of his jackets, but let's get him back <laughs> into a cockpit. <laughs> and with that, we are going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We are back. Uh, we are heading towards our next question from Justin Jacobson. Justin says, hello there, Everything Center. It is I, Justin. <laughs> I have noticed that a number of characters who connect with the light side of the force usually have good relationships with scoundrels. Luke and Han, Ezra and Hondo, Leia and Lando, Omega and Fee, Finn and Poe. That's just a lovely little poem, Justin. Um, is this just a counterbalance to the authoritarianism of the dark side, or is there more to it. Jennifer, where do you go with this one? Do you think there's more there? I think it's an important life skill that they're teaching us to be able to deal with all different types of people who we don't necessarily agree with or even really what they stand for. I think that uh, you know, all of these characters that you mentioned, you know, a lot of times they, they have a specific goal in mind or they have something, a cause that they're fighting for, a greater good. So they have to deal with this person, right? The, uh, the scoundrel side of it to get something that's going to benefit 
people. And I think that that's something to remind ourselves, especially during this, uh, uh, you know, very divided political climate is, is it's important sometimes to talk with the people on the other side and find out maybe they can join our fight. Maybe not. Maybe it's a lost cause. Maybe we'll waste <laughs> our time and energy, but you know what? It doesn't hurt to, to listen um, and to be open to dealing with different types of people mm. and rent. No, I think that's a, a great rant. I think it's uh, definitely where I go is um, seeing the possibility of good in everyone. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because there are a lot of stories like this where the scoundrels end up saving the day. And then there are great stories where characters give somebody a try and they're like, well, <laughs> uh, you said and did awful things. Everyone around me warned me about you. I gave you a try and you continue to say and do awful things. And unfortunately, we cannot be pals. Um, mm-hmm. we, we have that life lesson as well. So mm-hmm. it isn't just like get along with everybody, you know, and, and everybody's off the moral hook. It really yeah. is. Maybe people are more than what you, you see. Maybe if you're open to them, maybe if you understand their perspective, that there can be good common ground, not just everybody gets a free pass. Right. Where are they coming from? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I do like that this conversation turned to Senator Susan Collins, and I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm good with that. Um, <laughs> I actually, yeah, that, I have a side note that, that, that you know, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from too, and I think sometimes uh, people's uh, needs can get uh, trampled underfoot, and 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 I agree with what you're saying too, Joseph. Of I'll I'll give that fig leaf, but if you take it and break it and burn it, that's that's the answer. Um, mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. there is some of that inherent. That it's, uh, I think this all to to me goes back to Luke and Han being this mm-hmm. template in the story. And I, I think without going into the very real world things right now, but as a kid, I reacted to it that way. This this was the believer and the skeptic. This this was uh, two walks of life. This was uh, like a spin doctor song. Two princes <laughs> competing for the hearts <laughs> at the time, competing for the hearts of one. But it was definitely it, it had that interplay that I just I just absolutely love and I gravitated to it. You got Joseph, a Luke guy, me uh, gravitating towards Han, and 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 and, and that, it, it's a great balance. And I, uh, whether and I'm even saying that it was completely on purpose. It just it just worked, and, and it also had to do with the 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 chemistry, the in the charisma of the performers, including Leia in that picture, of course. Uh, and it's just a it's a fun part of it. Uh, before we even dive into the deeper stuff, that even beyond what we already discussed, I just think it's a fun template. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I really agree with how much it's baked into the first film. And I, and I bring it up often. I think it is one of the most important parts of that first film. And it's so mm-hmm. foundational because it is, you know, Lucas and other filmmakers have talked about how much the, you know, the films of the 70s had gotten very gritty and very real and uh, studies and antiheroes. And he wanted to make something hopeful and optimistic. And I think it would be a lesser film if everybody was hopeful and optimistic and a bunch of good guys fighting the bad guys. But Luke refuses the call to action. And then having Luke be this young, optimistic, borderline naive guy who's like, I bet he's not that selfish. I mean, Leia certainly pokes at it, too. I think Leia has a little less hope for Han because I think she's uh, more worldly than Luke by a significant margin. But the fact that both Luke and Leia are so sure that you can't really be that selfish is a great way to sort of tell a story of optimism in a, in a dark time in the late seventies there. 
mm-hmm. which I think goes directly to what you were saying, Jennifer, of giving people a chance of, yeah, you claim to be out for yourself, but maybe you'll really be there for, for the group. Yeah, people can change. I hated the prequels. Absolutely hated it. I had, I think, <laughs> raps dedicated to it. Anytime I want to ring it up, I would slam it. And then in talking with both of you, I now love the prequels. I cannot imagine myself thinking that when it first came out. People can change by, you know, you you all <laughs> spreading the good joy of the prequels. And if you hadn't been <laughs> sharing that with me or if I hadn't been open to listening to it, I would still be stuck in my ways. Yeah. Posting online rants. The prequels suck. <laughs> I, I remember one of your videos, Jen. I don't. I, I do remember one of them. Um, <laughs> in particular. Um, yeah, no, that's part of the lesson too, what you're saying too. You know, I've, as someone who's who's changed dramatically the last few years politically and, and, and social awareness, uh, I, I can tell you I wasn't fighting for the empire, but I can tell you I was like, eh, I'm taking my prize money and leaving. And, and I think it's what you're talking about, Joseph, is so key to Lucas's story. So key of him analyzing, you know, um, while this is all happening, what, what are the dangers of, of not getting involved? What are the j- dangers of ah, both sides? What, what, and, and a character like mm-hmm. Han has good reason to be where he is now, especially if we've learned in additional storytelling. Um, out for himself is not necessarily just selfish from ego point of view it's selfish f- from survival me and chewy mm-hmm. are in it you know and, and 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 so he's he's that's why i always say i i've gotten to some actually heated bar bar arguments of, of <laughs> oh i don't like solo because he was a bad guy and they showed him as a good guy it's like you you misread a new hope he wasn't mm-hmm. a bad guy that was the point vader was the bad guy uh tarkin's the bad guy han is not and he's up, his soul's up for grabs. And the hope from Luke and the hope from Leia does lead to him. And I think Chewie probably yelling at him to turn around. <laughs> and it's something you've discussed. I know it's it's important to your your view of New Hope, Joseph, is Luke is, is a, a, a chosen one, not the chosen, but he is a chosen one on a higher path. If Han doesn't come back and mm-hmm. save the day, great shot, kid. One and, it's, it's, it's in concert. And I think yeah. that's some of what's at play with all these characters. It's an inherently democratic sort of story of the the people rising up Han is the people who the cruel galaxy has given him every reason every reason to look out for himself uh out of uh, being pragmatic as well as egotistical mm-hmm. um and i think mm-hmm. that is so what what can be so important about the the hero scoundrel relationship that Justin is bringing up is that Lucas is so interested in the idea of we are all connected and we all and, you know, need to be there for one another. I mean, I think, I think Obi-Wan trying to convince uh, uh, the Gungans that they're form a symbiont circle that relates directly to Luke moping around like, Oh, I thought Han would change his mind. I thought he realized we're a symbiont circle. Like Mm -hmm. that, you know, what happens to one of us affects all of us in the scoundrels are fairly uniformly like Sid, like, Mm -hmm. The galaxy is what it is. I can't control it. It's not about feelings. I like you, Bad Batch, but I got to do what I got to do to look out for number one because that's the, how the galaxy works. Mm-hmm. But the scoundrels always have the perspective of I got to look out for number one in Star Wars, just constantly questioning, like, mm-hmm. do you absolutely have to be defined by looking out for number one or can you take care of yourself while also taking care of others? And will maybe it make you stronger and safer in the long run to be a part of something larger and to be a part of a community. And a lot of these stories are about either scoundrels who fail to do that, <laughs> scoundrels who 
look out for number one, but make an exception when they meet at least one person that opens their hearts a little bit. So I think it's mm-hmm. a lot of playing with that sort of idea of uh, symbiosis. When we're all connected. Yeah. yeah. Not dismissing somebody based on, on these bad choices that they're making. Why are they making these bad choices? Why are, why are they doing that? And to, is somebody like you're saying, opening their heart to take the time to, to talk with them can sometimes make all the difference for, for some people in life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Ken, you said you had some uh, other deep thoughts. Do you have some other I usually I have deep thoughts on enchiladas and stuff, but I'm looking at, I'm just looking at the list and Mm -hmm. we're focused on Luke and Han because I do believe it's important, but like, like Omega and Fee and Finn and Poe and Ezra and Hondo, Leia Lando are great examples. And I'm sure there could be more of just like, it's, it's an exchange of ideas. That's like, like Omega doesn't immediately, you know, turn Fee around, you know, and in fact, Fee's probably got some lessons for Omega. And I'm, I'm forgetting a lot of the details of the, of the show right now in this moment. But you know what I mean? It's just like it's truly an ex, it, 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 an exchange of of personalities that form a strong bond, and that that's what's interesting about all of them to me. Um, you know, Poe and Finn, and and and, and their interplay from the beginning. It is it is truly a you, you need a pilot. <laughs> you need me. <laughs> we need each other. We need each mm-hmm. other, and and Han has absolutely got some lessons for Luke all the way through this, and and absolutely learns from him, and Luke learn, learns from Han. Like that's what that's what's there, and and I love a lot of it. And, and Ezra and Hondo is such a wonderful connection because it seems like everyone else in, in Ezra's group is like, why are you bringing your buddy Hondo around, mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't you know who he is? And Ezra's mm-hmm. like, no, I, yeah, I know who he really is. You maybe all have lived with another version of him or someone, you know, I, I know him and, and I'm, that's my buddy from the bar. Um, and I think there's just something fun and important in all that there, just looking at the individual cases here. Yeah, and he, and he ends up in the final battle, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it, um, yeah, I think that another element of this is in this sort of um, looking at Star Wars from the filter of uh, it, it's often a coming of age story. And it's often the younger, more naive people who give the scoundrels a chance. Yeah. And I think a part of that is the, the scoundrels are the <laughs> roguish older sibling of the Star Wars galaxy. They are knowing and galaxy wise, and they have often have information that I mm-hmm. think the coming of age characters are coded as not being able to get from their parents mm-hmm. that they can only get. A, a wider, fuller understanding of the galaxy by talking to the the scoundrels. Um, I think Fee, there's that conversation, Jennifer, you just saw it, the, of Fee explicitly saying, yeah, there's some things that maybe your brothers haven't taught you <laughs> from their limited view. When you go to, you know, Jedi character where, you know, they can be a little bit, you know, more uptight and rigid in the way they raise the Padawans. And Padawans are naturally looking for scoundrels who can show them another side of the galaxy. Uh, the, that whole thing in Rise of Skywalker about Poe knowing shifty tactics from his scoundrel mm-hmm. days and, you know, Han having moves and hideouts and things that other people don't know about it. It's, it's such a, uh, almost to me from Lucas's past himself, I, I was given a suburban education. I know how to interview for a job and go to college. And mm-hmm. I know how to put my hands on two and 10 on the steering wheel. And then <laughs> I had some buddies who taught me about rock and roll and hot rods and this whole other side of life. That's not in the sort of uh, normal curriculum 
of raising a <laughs> child, or at least back in the day. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. Like, yeah. It, you, what, what you're describing is him meeting John Milius at one point in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically, basically. And yeah, the the Ezra one is, uh, that's, I really appreciated that when I did a Rebels rewatch and it wasn't, you know, spread out over four years, that Ezra's whole thing is, I give almost everyone a try. I give Hondo a chance. I give mm-hmm. Maul a chance. I give Space Whales a chance. Mm-hmm. And the wounded, guarded figures in his life are understandably trying to protect him. And they're like, for all of those, they're like, maybe, maybe do we have to give the whales a chance? What are you mm-hmm. doing? Mm-hmm. You know, do we have to give Hondo a chance? We have to give Maul a chance. And and he learns, he gets burned on Maul, but everyone else he's right on. I, I love that about Ezra. If we were to do a deeper dive on Ezra, there's some of the great value. That's what I loved in the Ahsoka series of, of break. He's a, he's a breaker of the wheel character. Mm-hmm. Uh, all due respect to you, Khaleesi. Uh, uh, he's a breaker of the wheel. And, and, and the Nati or, 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 you know, the Noti. I always say Nati because I think they're Nati turtles. The Noti. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's the landscape is marauders attacking each other and taken from the bland and plundering. And, and he and he breaks it. Uh, mm-hmm. He gives them a chance. He gives he gives a new way a chance. Always, it's a, it's a powerful example in this uh, connection we're talking about. Yeah, Jennifer, how do you feel uh, from a from a parent perspective of the idea that you know <laughs> sometimes a naughty uncle has some value? <laughs> yeah, you want Hondo? You want Hondo hanging around? Uh, eighty six. That idea. Um, no, yeah. but there is something to be said about like with kids at school, and sometimes you see a kid, and they can be kind of not I want to say problematic, but you see the seeds of a child that's maybe angry about something, and they're taking it out on other kids, mm. right? And you don't want your kid to put up with that kind of thing. Mm. But at the same time, it's like you know. You, you have to get along. You're All throughout your life, you're going to be dealing with people at your job or in school where you're going to have to deal with all different types of personalities and not everyone is going to be friendly. And mm-hmm. you have to get along and figure out a way to protect yourself, but also get what you need. Mm-hmm. Get the job done. And it's an important life lesson. It, it's just too pat to be able to say, oh, just stay away from them. Oh, just don't mm-hmm. deal with them. You're going to have to deal with them. There's going to come a time where you have to. So you have to figure out the best mm-hmm. way for you to deal with that type of personality. And sometimes mm-hmm. it is just with an open heart uh, mm-hmm. and talking with them. And then when, when you get burned saying, okay, now, now I don't want to be around you anymore. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you a mole or a hondo? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the the value of scoundrels, Ken? I uh, love this discussion. I love these kind of conversations, especially ones that take you back to you know your, what you thought when you were watching Star Wars as a kid. And I, I I couldn't have explained all these themes in 1983, but I got it. I got what was mm-hmm. there. Uh, and also, I love that you know at one point Jen sits down her her daughters and says, "Look, if a space pirate and flying saucer comes around, <laughs> and, 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 and you need to work with them, just approach them with an open heart, but but a protective mind." Uh, we all need a, I was going to say we all need a Hondo in our lives, but I think we all need a Rebels era Hondo in our life because yes. he's, he's he's quite brutal in, in parts yes. of the Clone Wars. So we don't yes. need that. Yes. <laughs> right. Indeed. right. Indeed. Yeah. Any final thoughts from you, Jennifer? It's an important lesson too that like not everything, not all of us, I can, I can identify with Han at some points, right? Maybe yeah. even with Hondo at some times. <laughs> I don't know. But it's like they, yep. they represent the humanity of in us and that mm. we're not going to all be pious Jedi or evil Sith. <laughs> There's the in between. That's mm-hmm. just a human existence you and it's an important Jedi. life lesson. Yeah. 
Yeah, very, very important. Well, I feel like we, we wrote an instruction manual for children here today. We did. We did. Uh, no, not at all. Anyway, uh, that is our cues of the everything episode. Thank you for the great questions about pilots and scoundrels. This has really been a, a classic fundamentals of Star Wars uh, discussion. Mm. Ken, you want to let people know where they can find us? Absolutely. We are on Twitter and threads at Force Center Pod. Will we be on Blue Sky? We'll see. We'll have a company meeting about that. Sounds like we might need to. A Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Instagram as well. Uh, don't forget we're on YouTube. Subscribe over there and join uh, that uh, world. We'll have an update on, a, on our monthly live stream very soon. Podcasts available in a lot of spots. Just search or find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Patreon.com slash force center is where you can support us directly. And hit the shop over there. Even if you're not a member, you can pick up uh, the first episode of 007 Center, the deep dive discussion of Casino Royale. Follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, kenapsock.com. Link there to things like the Moon Agers. We got some uh, new remixes that we released. They're out there right now. A lot of fun. Joseph, where can I find you, sir? Yeah, you can find me on most of the social media, but in particular, Blue Sky. I'm really enjoying it, so if you want to give it a tryout, uh, it's wide open. You don't need an invite code. You can just join Blue Sky and find me there. Uh, Joseph Scrimshaw is my handle everywhere. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you'd like to see the short horror film uh, that I made last year with a bunch of great people that film is called The Nightmare Adorable. It is having its Los Angeles and California premiere on Sunday, February 25th at 2 p.m. Ticket info is on all my social media and my website at josephsgrimshaw.com. Jen, take us home. I'm literally add this and adding this into my calendar right now. Right now. <laughs> that's good. That's good. You can find my short form Star Wars videos and all things retro videos on YouTube at Jennifer Landa. Instagram, same name. And Jennifer Landa 1138 on TikTok. There you go, my friends. All right, for all the pilots who are there and sometimes in a gif gone. We'll see you next time here on <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.